So last night when Pastor Niles um, came up to me and said, hey, you might need to be ready, uh, we got done with LifeGate, and then I was like, you know, I should probably go up to him and ask if he was just kidding or, you know, what he was thinking. And so the, the therms were on the stage when we were talking about that. And I said, well, if he's serious, I'll just preach his message this morning that he gave last night. You know, just, you know, 40 years ago when Joan and I planted a church and I could say stuff like that. They, they wouldn't know, right? I used to drive a school bus. That was another. I didn't know that. I've been working with him for seven years. I didn't know you dro drove a school bus. You should do that again. No. <laughs> Kids are the same today as they were 40 years ago. Let me tell you. And now you're recorded. So how you respond to that, you're accountable to that. No, you know, one thing about the way God does things is, uh, you know, he asked me to, uh, to fill this morning, and, and God gave me a word, and he's been preparing this. This is his pulpit. This isn't our pulpit, and so we just need to be obedient when the Lord places something on our heart, and so my message this morning is about forgiveness, forgiven to forgive, and uh, how many of you have ever heard a message before about forgiveness? Raise your hand, okay? Um, I hope that today this message isn't like, a, yeah, Russ, we've already heard all this, and you check out, right, and go, you know, we've heard this. We, how many times have we heard pastors say, let it go? Three words that will change your life, right? That's, that's, that's something that sometimes the body of Christ, we can gather around God's word, and we can hear some of these things over and over again, and we go, yeah, 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 I, I know, I'm supposed to forgive. I, my prayer this morning is that we would see we see this like we're seeing it for the first time. Because you can immediately go, I've heard a message a million times about forgiveness, and so I'm just going to kind of think about what I'm going to do for the rest of the day while he's speaking. And it's my heart that we look at this and maybe a new light. And I feel like the Lord's given me some things that I've preached on forgiveness several times. And what I'm bringing today there's new aspects uh, of the way I'm, I'm teaching this. So uh, to me, I hope that as I bring this forward that maybe we see things in a way we've never thought or you know, pictured before. So that's my prayer, and I just want to pray to begin this message that God would prepare our hearts to receive this, almost like we're receiving it for the very first time. Okay, So let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. And Lord, we just pray that your spirit would come and, and just illuminate the scriptures for us, just like we're seeing it for the very first time. And God, that you speak to us, that we won't write this off. I've heard about forgiveness before, and I know you want me to forgive, and, but I pray, God, we would, we would embrace this and that you would work in our hearts and reveal to us areas in our life that maybe, maybe there's some things that need to happen. And so we ask you to come. And speak to our hearts on this topic. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In my quiet time last week, I've been, you know, the Bible reading initiative things, that's, that's really cool. It's been fun to walk through that. And we're actually going to pull uh, a passage out of a passage that you should have read this week, later in my message. And, um, but I've also been walking through Proverbs. And last week, there was... Um, a couple of, of verses that came up that I thought, you know, I had been sensing a message about forgiveness for the congregation. And so it's neat that God 
affirms that in your quiet time. Says, well, here you go. Here's another thing that you can add to it, and it fits with what we're talking about today. And so we're going to bounce around a little bit in, in the, the Bible. And the first one is in Proverbs chapter 17. So if you want to get out a pen or a highlighter and highlight these verses, that's great. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can uh, go ahead and do it in the, the Bible that belongs to the church that's in front of you. And if you don't own a Bible, go home with the one that's in front of you in the pew. But Proverbs 17 is where we're at, and, and we're going to look at verse 9. Proverbs 17, verse 9 says this. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So the things that were, I felt being drawn out for me as I was walking through this is, is recognizing there might be some people that are listening to this today that there's an issue going on between you and a friend that maybe we need to look at. If you go one more chapter in Proverbs 18, verse 19. Proverbs 18, verse 19 says this. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. And I, I feel like, okay, the timing of all of this is of the Lord. I mean, if he wanted me to give this message today, it's because there's somebody listening that there's something that needs resolved between you and a friend. And so, just kind of asking, I'm not having you raise your hands or anything like that, but my question to you is this, have you ever lost a friend because maybe one of you or both of you was unwilling to forgive? Just process that. And then I have some follow-up questions to that. What would change, what would change in that situation if forgiveness was brought into that situation? What would things look like if, if forgiveness resolved the issue? And is it worth it? Is that friendship worth it to you to resolve that conflict? And would it even be possible? Do you think, do you think God can do something with that if forgiveness was brought into the equation? So just some, some things to think about as we walk through this message. You know, the Bible tells us that God takes forgiveness very seriously. Very seriously. And I believe that uh, the message that he's placed on my heart uh, is to speak about how he feels about forgiveness and maybe into some situations that need that. So to start, I want to do an illustration. And this pew is empty, so I was like, who's going to be my uh, volunteers? And then you guys all showed up, so this is great. So I, right now I want uh, Blake and uh, Isaac. Yeah. They're like, I didn't sign up for this. This means you come forward. Come on. There you go. So I want... Hopefully this isn't all tangled. One end, grab the other end, okay? And then one of you come on one side of me and the other one on the other side. Okay, I'll be right in the middle. Okay, and then pull the rope tight so it's, you know, everybody can see it. Okay, so I just want this to represent a connection between these two friends, okay? Yeah, a little bit of a distance, right? It's like a junior high dance in here. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, 
This is a connection. They're friends, right? They, they know each other. Good friends. I don't know who the offender is, but one of you did something that really hurt, and you wounded the other person. I don't know what the situation was. Did you just point at him? <laughs> oh, gotcha. Disconnected, okay? Here's the thing. In the verses that we're looking at today, talking about how in a friendship, unforgiveness can, can just absolutely destroy a relationship, is I want to highlight what God can do in the midst of this broken relationship, in the midst of this strain, okay? So for right now, just kind of have this in your mind. The connection was there. Connection's been broken because of some issue. And now I want you to just leave your rope where it's at and then go back and sit down. We're going to come back to this, okay? Okay, so with that imagery in mind, let's go back into the Word. Yeah, way to go, guys. You did a great job. So this week you would have read from Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus gives the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's just filled with amazing teaching and how God desires people to handle relationships with each other. And in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24, he says something that it's almost like, hey, stop the, stop the car for a second, because what Jesus is telling us is pretty significant. And he says this in, in uh, Matthew 5, verse 23. He says, if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, so there's an issue. Jesus says, leave your sacrifice at the altar Go and be reconciled to that person. Go and fix the issue. Go and, and fix this situation. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. And what I get from this and what we should gather here is the heart of God is that He desires the relationships horizontally to, to, be, to be working together. And if there's issues... He's saying before you come and worship and, and you raise your hand during songs and you give in the offering and you teach your Sunday school class, all of that stuff, let's examine what your relationships are like with the people around you. And I think importantly, I think with what God has laid on my heart is saying you need to forgive a friend, is that it's possible that if this is what God's laid on my heart, there's people that are right here in our own body that need to resolve something. And so here we come, we gather together, we continue to, to worship God, and God's saying, stop the car, go resolve the issue, then come back. Some translations even say, immediately go. Just like stand up and walk out of the room, go resolve the issue. That's kind of what he's trying to say. He's trying to give you the importance and the emphasis that this is something I take very seriously. I take worship very seriously. But I want you to know, I take you resolving these issues serious as well. And Jesus gives us a parable that I think is uh, just incredibly powerful. If you want to go with me to Matthew 18, you'll read this in a couple weeks in the Bible reading initiative. But it's the parable of the unforgiving debtor. And you've probably heard this before. But I just think there's just some incredible power and truth to what Jesus is trying to tell them in this parable. So Peter comes to Jesus and he asks, Lord, how often should I forgive somebody who sins against me? Like seven times? 
And Jesus says, no, not seven times, but only once. Right? Yeah, some of you are looking up, no, what translation are you reading? He said 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Now that's like, that's a lot. And the point Jesus was trying to make is that we need to be people who have a heart of forgiveness at all times. Not just, you know, once, twice. I mean, we need to be people that are always in a posture of being able to forgive. Then he goes on to open this up with a parable. And in verse 23, he says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. Now, in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything that he owned, so that he could then pay the millions of dollars. But the man fell down before the master, and he begged him. He said, please, be patient with me, and I will pay it all. And then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him, and he forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him just a few thousand dollars. And he grabbed him by the throat, and he demanded, he demanded instant payment. I'm just going to stop right there, but how many of you, as you're like, if you were there and Jesus was speaking, something would rise up in you, and you go, now wait a second. Right? You just got forgiven millions of dollars, and you're going to go out and grab somebody by the throat and demand a few thousand? I mean, this isn't even, that's not the economy of God here. What's going on? So he grabs him by the throat, demands instant payment, and his fellow servant fell down before him and begged a little more time. Be patient with me, and I'll pay it back, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait, and he had the man arrested and put into prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. And they went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man that he had forgiven and he said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now, I want, I, if, you, if you've got a pen or a highlight or something, I want you to highlight this verse. Because this is why I'm telling you, God is serious about forgiveness. In verse 35, he says, he kind of reveals the parable, and Jesus says, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and your sisters from your heart. That is a heavy way to end that parable. Because let's face it, there's things in our life, man, when we get wounded, it is really hard to come up to that brother and sister and say, you know, it's, it's all good, you can trample all over me. And I'm not trying to say, let's just forget about how it feels to be wounded. I recognize that. And so does God. I mean, if you think about it, who recognizes that more than me or more than you? It's God. He understands the situation. Yet, he's asking you to forgive your brothers and your sisters in Christ. 
Now, I'm sure you've all heard the Lord's Prayer. You would, again, I keep referencing the Bible initiative, but in Matthew 6, Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer. All right, forgive us our sins as what? As we go about life, as we forgive those who sin against us. This is a way of life for a follower of Christ. Then at the end, at the close of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says something that, again, it's one of these verses that highlight, underline, because it's one of those that if you don't do that, you'll choose to just look it over and say, I don't, I don't want that one. I like all these other verses, you know, that are real fun and nice and sweet. Then you get to this verse and you go, what do you do with this? This is in Matthew 6, verses 14 and 15. Jesus says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. And then the next verse says, but if you refuse to, get, to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That is a heavy couple of verses. We roll right through 14 like, hey, if I forgive, God forgives me. But then when we read verse 15, if you hold on and you don't forgive, Jesus himself just said, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. Now, there's a lot of different theologians that can debate back and forth and say, wait a second, does that mean if I hold my grudge, God won't let me into heaven? I mean, what is Jesus trying to say here? You could faithfully follow the Lord for 40 years, and then you get wounded really bad at the end of that, and you're struggling with that. And what happens the day you die and you walk, you walk up to the gates of heaven? They say, you know, because you didn't resolve this issue. Out you go. I mean, what is Jesus trying to say here? Can you, can't you lose your salvation over, over unforgiveness? What, what is Jesus trying to say? And I, I want to just say this. I know that across this room, being a, a non-denominational church, people are going to land on different aisles on that one. Okay? There going to be different, different views, whether you can or you can't. But I want to give you another illustration that I think, no matter where you land on that, this is imagery that I want you to have regarding this passage and saying, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you. So these two volunteers that we had, why don't you come back up here for a second. You don't need the rope, just I want you to, one on each side like you were before. And then uh, in the most embarrassing way possible, I want you to hold hands. Uh. Right. Graduated from junior high, here we go. So what I'm trying to say is that when there's unforgiveness in somebody's life, right? These two are friends, right? They had an issue. Obviously, we saw that earlier. I'm telling you, and try to keep your hands together. I'm trying to tell you that there's a strain that's on your relationship. It's kind of uncomfortable, isn't it? If you guys let go, this is going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this strain, and it's uncomfortable. You don't like it, do you? What do you think? You're like, yeah, I like it, okay, in a weird way. It's uncomfortable, okay? The thing about unforgiveness and letting something stir in your life is not only is there a strain in your relationship as friends, there's a strain that begins in your relationship with God. And I think what God's trying to say here is that I will not release that strain until you get this right. Does that make sense? Like, until you work this situation out, I will not remove that strain. And so here's the thing, is that strain, the longer it's there, 
Sometimes the more bitter people become, the more angry, the callousness of their heart begins to form. And they don't even want to think about because every time they think about that issue, just their blood starts to boil because it's unresolved. And what that can do, that can have an effect on your relationship with God. So no matter where you stand on the can you, can't you lose your salvation, the point I want to make is it strains your relationship with God. And God will not remove that strain until you work this situation out. Okay? Go sit down for a little bit. I'm going to bring you back up at the end, but go, go sit down. We're not done with the rope thing, okay? Thinking about that, the strain and how it, this bitterness begins to form. I remember speaking with uh, my childhood pastors, Pastor Kurt Coons. Some of you may remember him when he was at Manson. And uh, I was talking to him about forgiveness one time. And he shared with me a story how he went to the hospitals. This guy was on his deathbed. And he had counseled with him before, and he knew of a situation in this man's life in which the man had unresolved conflict with somebody that was a part of his life. And this conflict was there, and it had this bitterness and this anger. And so when Pastor Kurt went to visit him, he said, listen, you know, we're getting close to the end here. And as your pastor, I think there's something I want to tell you. Knowing the situations that you've expressed to me, I think it's time that you forgive this individual. Because you don't have a whole lot of time. I think we need to settle this and resolve it. And if you don't think that hanging on to this will develop bitterness and anger and a hard heart... He told Pastor Kurt, get out of my room and don't ever come back. That's not how you want a hospital visit to go. And that's not how God would want your hospital visit to go either. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13, Paul says, you know, make allowance, give grace in the midst of each other's faults. Any perfect people out there? Just kind of scanning the room real quick. I'll give the benefit of the doubt. Wait just a second. You know, we're going to screw up. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do something that offends somebody else. It's inevitable. As human beings who have a sin nature, we'll try really hard, but we'll still find ways to screw it up. And so have grace. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you and remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others back to the parable of that unforgiving debtor I mean Jesus was explaining look God has done all of this for you now in turn this is how you should handle your relationships with people and when that happens when you show forgiveness to people even when it's hard you begin to be a witness of God's forgiveness toward us as sinners. We live by Jesus' example. And this can be a really hard thing to do. I mean, this is a topic that, like I said, sometimes we can, we can shy away from it because it hurts. C.S. Lewis says that to be a Christian 
means to forgive the inexcusable. Why? Because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. So there's pieces of Scripture that are really enjoyable to apply. You agree with that? You know, I mean, like, there's Scripture that you're like, hey, I, I'm all about that. And then sometimes you get verses and passages like we've had today that, depending on what you're walking through, can be a really hard thing to apply. Because the pain is real, the situation is real, the relationship is so strained, and you don't know how to navigate that. And so because you don't know how to navigate that, you maybe shrink back in fear. You're not going to go resolve the conflict because of all these preconceived things that Satan would want to throw in your head and all of that. And so that continues to be a strain in your life. And Satan continues to use that to keep you from the things that God would want to do. And so uh, the last couple of weeks, our household has walked through some things um, in a health kind of way where we're taking temperatures and taking medication and all that kind of stuff. And when Judah was running some really high fevers, uh, even something as simple as a thermometer like this, you just press the button and just put it on their head and you get the reading. Even something as simple as that, because believe me, there's a lot worse ways to take your temperature, right? <laughs> okay, but you put this on your head and you get the, I mean, he was running such a high temperature. I mean, even that was just like, don't touch me. Leave me alone. So sometimes there's things when we evaluate in God's word, we, we, we go, don't touch this area. I, God, I, that is one area that I'm going to hold on to. And maybe there's other areas in your life where you take that temperature and you're like, oh, you know. Because the funny thing is, is like when dad got sick and I'm taking my temperature, he was at that point better. And so he thought, hey, it's cool. Dad's taking his temperature Take mine too now. Like he was totally about it. He was totally for it. And so what was interesting though as a parent, I, you know, one thing that, I don't know, some of you have had kids, you know, the dropper, time to give them meds. Okay, if you're successful with this, you should write a book, <laughs> right? And then every parent will buy it. So every time we try to give Judah medication through his, I mean, if he was sitting here right now, he'd be freaking out because like this thing, he does not like. Don't give me the meds, the dropper thing. I just don't like it. And so when I saw him want his temp taken, when I was taking mine, I had this like parent moment. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take something and then see if he wants to take it. Right? And, and so <laughs> we fill this puppy up with water and dad's going to take his medication. And we had Judah's also. And so we're in the living room. And then Brady and I are playing it up, like, all right, Judah, daddy's going to take his medication, right? <laughs> like trying to make it exciting and fun. And, and uh, you know, I take the medication, we're good to go, and, and then we do that, yay! And just all, we try to pump it up as much as we can. Meanwhile, Judah's like 10 feet from us going, all done, all done, all done, all done. <laughs> and he still didn't want it, Okay. You know, and I say by the example, you know, Christ has given us the example to live by. I have forgiven you of so many things that are beyond measure. And I want you to follow my example. And it's going to be hard. You're going to be like, all done. Don't want any of that. No thank you. But the thing about it is, the, the thing that we're giving Judah 
is to help him, even though he may not realize that. And so as God's saying, I want you to forgive, this is for your benefit, even though it might be hard, even though it might be difficult, and you may not want anything to do with that. We still need to do it. So here's my application today before we wrap things up. Number one is, as you're sitting here today, is just ask this question or say this to the Lord. God, search me. Take my temp in my spirit. If there's situations that in my spirit things rise up when I think about this issue or that issue, please search my heart and show me anything that needs to be worked on. Okay? God searched my heart. The next part of that is this. This is important. So if God reveals a situation in your life that needs reconciliation, that needs forgiveness, I think the next thing you should do is ask God for wisdom on how to go about that. Oh, because there's unique dynamics, and there's certain levels of what people have done and all of that stuff, and I think it's important to go and seek counsel. How shall I respond? And, and listen to me. You ask that question. How should I handle this? How, what should I do? Don't go to people just to tell them about the issue. Go to people to seek their counsel and say, what, what should I do to reconcile this situation? And it might be a, even one of those things. You've got to bring somebody with you to make that happen because of the dynamics of it or, or whatever the case might be. But go and seek wisdom. Because if you, if you don't do that, you'll have a tendency, you ask God to search your heart, and then you're like, well... I had that on Sunday, and now Monday, you know, everything's back to normal. Go, go talk to counsel, because there'll be some accountability in that. When you go seek wisdom, now they're going to go, hey, remember last week when you said this? Have you walked through that yet? So there's accountability in that. But I think it's important to go and seek wisdom to see what they think you should do. And the other thing, too, is maybe there's a tendency to say, you know what, I'm just going to resolve this thing. You know, we'll just try to text them or call them or you know, email or whatever. I mean, to me, what Jesus gave us in Matthew 5 was go and reconcile. So if at all possible, make this thing a face-to-face -face deal. Even if you need to bring somebody with you, depending on the circumstance and the situation. But the face-to-face, -face, I mean, that's the way God's designed us. And I think at that point, it's not I'm just doing this so that I can just check it off. Like, you actually have to Face it. Does that make sense? And then the last piece is this, is you're going to have to pray and ask for God's help and how you should act. Because you, God reveals it to you, you seek wisdom on how you should handle it, and then you've got to act on it. You actually have to approach the person and walk through whatever it is that's the issue. Forgiving others may be a simple matter for you or it may be one of the most difficult things that you'll ever have to do, depending on the offense, depending on what's going on, depending on the relationship, all of those things. The mindset of our culture gives us permission to cling to our resentment, to our broken relationships, and to our unresolved conflicts. But the Word of God gives us a higher standard than our culture. And I just want to tell you right now, because I feel God's placed this on my heart, because there might be people within our own body that need to resolve something, is that standard is for both of you. And so you should seek what God would want to do. Both of you should seek that out and live by the standard that God has given us. 
to resolve that. We live by a higher standard, and God wants us to forgive even as we have been forgiven. And the cost of forgiveness is great, but Jesus has already paid the price. And he wants us to follow in his steps and, and walk the road of forgiveness that ultimately leads to blessing. So I want to bring you two back up. Grab your rope and come back up. Can't leave this unresolved. We just heard that today. Okay? So I want the end that was wounded. That'll work. Okay? And I want you to stand where you were, Blake. So hold your rope. Make it tight again. Okay? There you go. All right, so what once was a connection is now broken. To me, if forgiveness leads to blessing, especially in the family of God, I want you to hang on to your rope, but I want you to take a few steps this way, Ike. Okay, and Blake, I want you to do the same. And when you do that, you kind of got to say, what, what can I do in this situation? Not what can he do, but what can I do? So you take a step in his direction, you take a step in his direction. And we allow God to heal it. So now if you go back, step back again, keep it tight. These two are now closer together than they were before the wound. That's how God wants us to resolve. Okay? Thank you, guys. You can see down. So in response today, is just ask that you'd, you'd ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. And what is it that needs to be resolved? We're going to go into a time of communion together. And I just want to read from 1 Corinthians 11 when Paul gives us instruction on communion. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 23. He says, For I have received from the Lord what is also passed on to you. That the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. In verse 28, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. So as we enter into this time of communion together, when you come up to the altar, God search me. God search me. Anyway, that you want to work on and change, search my heart and show me things that you want to deal with today. And before we close this message and enter into a time of communion, I just simply ask this, look, the only way you can forgive in the way that God describes is if God is living in you. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you just, you simply can tell me, I don't know if I have a relationship with God. I don't know if he lives in me. And so I'll give you the opportunity to respond to that and allow him to come in and transform your life. And so that's, 
Response number one and response two is the application that we just talked about. God, search me, give me wisdom, and help me to act on any forgiveness that I need to show. So while we take communion together, there'll be ushers in the back helping people come forward to the altar. And in a moment here, we'll ask the prayer team to come forward. Uh, due to people being under the weather, today the prayer team is going to help pray for, for the kids that come forward. There will also be members of the prayer team on either side of the altar that if you want prayer for any need, any need at all. Maybe today this message, there's something in it that, that you want prayer for. Or maybe today you're going to respond and initiate this relationship with Christ. Then I encourage you, stop by on either side and have the prayer team pray with you. And if you're not able to come forward and receive communion, let one of the ushers know, and we'd be happy to, to serve you right where you're at. But before we begin our time of communion, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for, for this standard, this way of life that you're calling us to live. Sometimes it's not easy. And so, God, search our heart. Reveal to us things that you want to deal with today. Holy Spirit, help us respond to what it is you're speaking right now. And if you're sitting here today and, and you say, I don't have a relationship with God. I can't say I'm a follower of Christ. So I've never made that decision. But maybe something today in you says, I, I want this relationship. Well, it's available because Christ paid it all for you so that you could be set free from sin and have a relationship with God. And if you desire that this morning, I just simply ask that you pray with me in your heart and just say, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. And I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin. This great debt that I could never pay back. But Jesus paid it for me. And so I ask him to come and live in me. And be my Lord and my Savior. And I ask that you would give me the ability and the desire to live for you and to follow you from this day forward. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.